Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand. But frankly, not all that much in demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Coming up on today's show, we're going to delve deeper into the vaccine issue with a best-selling author on that topic here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, next hour, we'll be joined by my daughter who wants to play Would You Rather with us. Nothing bad can possibly come but, of that. It, indeed. From the young woman who brings us the absolute most demonic TikTok videos you could possibly imagine and is in the emotional throes of pregnancy, I would imagine that there will be nothing bad that could possibly uh, come from playing a game of Would You Rather live on the air with her. Is it safe? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure carrying my DNA will in no way, shape, or form encourage her to try to corner us in some um, obscure, if not offensive, uh, 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 metric or measure. It'll, it'll happen under the guise of the most bubbly smile ever, and she'll be wearing pink or something like that, And but it's just, you'll get kneecapped. Indeed. that That's likely to happen. Pop Culture Tuesday, want to talk about something that is a good cultural trend, and... It's a long overdue cultural trend, but maybe the timing for it is just right because it's, it's never been more needed in our culture than right now. And we'll get into that in Pop Culture Tuesday later in the show. And then Andrew Bailey, the attorney general from Missouri, uh, will be joining us later in the program as well. If you are unhappy with your lenses, particularly your progressive ones, that's what I'm wearing. That means you're a little bit far and a little bit near. Maybe uh, you've been told uh, you've got to even have the dorky frames. You've got to wear the Harry Carey Coke bottle glasses already. That's not the case with our friends at Better Spectacles. They're a conservative American company. They're offering Rodenstock eyewear. That's a 144-year-old German company, the world's gold standard, and they're exclusively being offered for the first time here in the U.S. And not only do you get the latest biometric research, so that you get the sharpest vision you can, but you get to wear the sharp-looking frames now, too. That's what I'm wearing today. In fact, our Rodenstock frames from our friends over at Better Spectacles. That's 98% of people who try these recommend them, and I do, too. That's why I'm recommending them to you now. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a tele-optical appointment today at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve, and they're offering you an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear, plus free handcrafted road and stock frames at BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. And with that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Invasion Continues. Video footage has surfaced of yet another train in Mexico full of illegal aliens headed towards the United States' southern border. Video is courtesy of Fox News. September is on pace to set records in terms of illegal apprehensions at the southern border. Since Biden took office, there have been over 7 million illegal alien encounters nationwide. Donald Trump rallied in South Carolina yesterday and had these words for one Lindsey Graham. Another man who's always there. He's always, I'll tell you what, when I need help on the left, he's great. He's great. And he's my friend, too. Lindsey Graham, wherever you are. Lindsey, thank you. Oh, no, no. He helps me on the left. We need help sometimes. 
Republicans shouldn't need help on the left, but he helps me. Trump also went to a gun store. Whoops, wrong clip. Trump went to a gun store and the campaign said he bought a gun bearing his image before quickly clarifying he only wanted to buy the gun. Actually buying the gun when you're facing felony indictments is a federal crime, of course. 60 Minutes interviewed California Governor Gavin Newsom and pressed him on whether or not he's running for president, particularly whether his plans to clean up the streets of California cities plays into those plans. Is part of this that voters are so fed up with what they see on the streets of their cities, that as a politician, you've got to clean up those streets? Yeah, well, that's generally the case, but that's not the inspiration for Care Court. But is there a political factor in this for you? As an electoral strategy, I'm termed out. That's not the issue. The politics here is compassion. The politics is purpose. You may be termed out here, but does cleaning up the streets of California factor into a potential oh, presidential run? I'm never going to overpromise that in the short run. I mean, we are struggling in this state. You're not Housing and my homelessness, question. no. Housing and homelessness. People suggest that cleaning up California streets could be part of a larger political strategy <laughs> I, I for think, you. Uh, I, I, I think that's table stakes. I think that's just the foundational responsibility of anyone that gets into my position. That's the day job. It's not about some grand ambition. Absolutely not. Is that a yes or a no? That was a, was a, a never-ending uh, response to your yeah. question. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau responded after that incident where his entire parliament gave a standing ovation for a literal Nazi. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden is suing former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani, claiming Giuliani hacked data that appeared on Hunter's infamous laptop from hell. The lawsuit alleges Giuliani and his team obsessed over hacking, stealing and disseminating data that was not their own. Totally unrelated headline from Politico, October of 2020. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. The Mayo Clinic has quietly changed its webpage on hydroxychloroquine and stated that the drug, which was panned by the media and public health establishment in 2020, well, it actually can be used to treat COVID after all. As of this morning, however, the hydroxychloroquine webpage itself has been scrubbed from the Mayo Clinic's website. And finally, breaking through the glass ceiling at historically black universities. If you're listening to the podcast, you're just going to have to come back and watch this later. And here's the story of the day right there. That is... Lalani Armenta, and she's going to play and she's going to kick off and maybe even do some field goals tonight for the Jackson State Tigers. Of course, she was on the Jackson State women's soccer team, and because of injuries this week th during practice, she's going to get her shot tonight to be a kicker. And what an impressive young lady has been and a chance for her, and I, I'm sure she's pretty nervous at this point. But they have her out there, and sweat football is underway in the and that's what happened while we were away aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at preborn it is my prayer that someday soon we will no longer have to raise money for a ministry such as preborn but we are not yet to that day and unlike a lot of your national pro-life leadership 
I put that term in quotation marks. Uh, Preborn was actually ready for a post-Roe world because they were already fighting this battle heart-to-heart. They were already engaged in hand-to-hand combat, mom-to-mom combat, out on the streets with the spirit of the age. And that's really where hearts and minds are changed and impacted. First, they confront women in crisis in a a crisis pregnancy with the truth that that's not just their body. It is another body uh, with its own distinct heartbeat. They hear that ultrasound. And about 80% of the time over the years when a mom hears that, she doesn't go through with killing her kid. And you know those ultrasounds only cost? 28 bucks. Even with today's Biden inflation, 28 bucks. Would you would you donate 28 bucks to preborn today for 80 percent odds that that would save a human life? I know a lot of you would and a lot of you have. That's why we keep coming back and asking for more, because there's more moms that need help. And then even after that mom says, no, she's not going to kill her kid. She needs more, too, because let's face it. Most women that are considering abortions aren't doing so because they're in a secure, fulfilling relationship but because they're not. Most of the time, they're on their own. They need help. So they provide the grace as well as the truth, uh, the prenatal care, the postnatal care, and even counseling, all of it free of charge, provided they have adequate funding with tax-deductible donations from people like us. If you'd like to make one today, go to preborn.com slash Steve. Again, that's preborn.com slash Steve. Or if you're on your phone right now, dial pound 250 on your mobile phone with the keyword baby or preborn.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, I, this is I, I'm I continue to be fascinated by this topic about whether you know I it, it's very clear the spirit of the age has its own bubble and it's hard to penetrate that. But I'm I'm increasingly becoming fascinated by the notion that that we have we have created like a counter bubble on the right. And so this morning I get up and there's all these videos of illegal aliens in New York City and crime in all these cities. And they've got tens of millions of views, tens of millions of views. We had a mayoral election in Chicago last year, right? Uh, yes. did, I don't even remember. Did, did we? We did. We did. Uh, and that's a city that has a lot of crime, right? Oh, yeah. Lightfoot. We kicked her out. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sure. And then the people voted for the same. a law right. and order uh, uh, justice. That's what they voted for in Chicago. Sure, there it was. No, they voted for somebody to the left of Lightfoot, actually. And so I, this is where I wonder how many inflection points there are conflicts between what makes us money, meaning what, what feeds the sliver of people that we actually reach collectively, what makes us money, but then actually what would get us to the outcomes that we say that we want other than making money. Like when the, when money making's mm-hmm. off the table and Hey, I'm not doing this for free. You doing this for free. No. This is, I mean, my business that owns the show isn't a nonprofit, so we have to make some money. Okay. Um, you know, if we did no profit, no prophetic, that's kind of the way this works, you know? So I'm not opposed to it. It just can't be the number one driving force because if it is, and we ever run into a situation, like I think we're frankly in right now where what makes us money doesn't necessarily actually generate the desired outcome for our way of life that we all say that we're for. And so what happens when what gets us to the outcome we say we're for is in conflict with what gets what, what makes us money, like the whole we're going to win the black vote thing. OK, and the only people that believe this are, you know, um, white people on social media who love hearing that. And so they click, 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 click away on that. And then the next election comes and um, Lucy pulls the football away and they're all racist and we just all do this again for money. That's a clear 
clear example of what I'm talking about, right? I'm wondering, is there a, is there a point where the illegal alien invasion and the filth of crime in these cities would create a critical mass that the people there would vote differently. So I'm running that poll right now on my Twitter feed to see what our audience thinks, and we're going to discuss that today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber for just 10 bucks a month, and that's where you'll be able to watch it later today as well at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's get to what's in the, what's in the montage. Um, I already addressed the invasion thing. We're going to get more into that in the overtime today. You know, we've been pointing out recently on this show, it, it, he's just not the same guy. And, and Aaron's montage is another example. In the 2016 GOP primary, Donald Trump, do you guys remember this? Donald Trump gave out Lindsey Graham's personal phone number. He gave out Donald Donald Trump gave out Lindsey Graham's personal cell phone number so that the base could basically harass one of the ultimate rhinos. Do you guys remember this? Yes. And so in 2016, and so you just see the well transition. In 2016, dude, I'll fight a culture war with the National Football League. In 2024, uh, Mr. President, can a man become a woman? <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. 2016, I'm going to appoint the justices that overturned Roe. 2024, the legislation that overturned Roe was terrible, and we now need to be pro-choice. 2016, here's Lindsey Graham's personal cell phone number in a clear implication that you should use it, call him, and harass him for being a ceaseless rhino. 2024, oh, this is my friend Lindsey. We need him. Stop booing him. He's just not the same guy. He's just not the same guy. We would have beaten the guy that said, Lindsey Graham's my friend in 2016. We couldn't beat the guy that gave out Lindsey Graham's personal phone number so that you could harass the hell out of him. We couldn't beat that guy. This guy we'd beat. He's just not the same guy. And that whole thing of, see, that's what happens when you're just a show and there's no substance. Your staff goes out there when you've got 91 felony indictments and, and says, we, he bought a gun. Uh, um, uh, okay, so is he going to be uh, co-indicted now with Hunter Biden? We're just going to add that to the charges? And then they're like, well, we never said he bought a gun except for all the times they shared on social media yesterday that he bought a gun. Okay. By the way, I was in the audience that day. I saw I saw a ditch walk in with that AR-15, waving it around. Listen, listen to the raucous cheer of that. Man, our base sucks. Listen <laughs> to the raucous cheer. You could hear in that clip, Aaron. Yep. People just rock as if it's a new thing that Mitch McConnell sucks. <laughs> the paradox of modern politics. I mean, you wrote a book. One of the Ten Commandments of political warfare has never been in your base, and you just said, man, our base sucks. Except when they're morally wrong, and they're being morally <laughs> wrong a lot. Yes. You're right. This so is that, what we're dealing that, with. That's what the commandment says, except yes. if they're morally wrong, okay? And man, just, nothing's changed. Ten years ago, McConnell walks in waving a gun. Ten years later, Trump walks in buying a gun. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed.
That thing with Gavin Newsom. <laughs> oh my. His refusal to answer the question. Never ending answer. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a never ending campaign. That's why. So just to reset this, here's the chain of events since Friday. All right. Since Friday, here's your chain of events. Friday. Gavin Newsom vetoes legislation, stuns people, vetoes legislation that would allow the state to come in and take your children away if you won't gender mutilate them. This weekend, a poll comes out showing Trump is up over Biden by 10 points. Then another poll comes out that shows 60% of Democrats want another nominee. Then an announcement is made. Gavin Newsom is going to debate Sean Hannity after all. Freudian slip is going to debate Ron DeSantis after all with Sean Hannity as the moderator and on Fox News, no less. And now this interview with 60 Minutes. Gentlemen, that's a lot of random occurrences in the span of four days. A lot of them. Which means, guess what? They're, they're not random occurrences, guys. They're not. What did you say when this came up briefly towards the end of the show yesterday, Todd? This is, this is the Democratic Party is saying to Joe and really to Jill, because Joe doesn't know where he is right now. All right. You know why they go to Delaware every weekend? Because he has dementia. And when people have dementia, they need to be in familiar surroundings. That's not, I'm not, that's not a joke. It's true. You ever had a loved one with dementia? Or Alzheimer's? What do they tell you to do? Make things as routine. While, they're, while they can still be somewhat independent, make things as routine for them as possible. That's why they do that. That's home. That's what he's used to. He's been in two places his whole life, Delaware and Washington, D.C. That's why they go back and forth. Familiar surroundings. And so this is the Democratic Party saying, like you pointed out yesterday, Todd, we can do this the easy way, or we could do this the hard way. I know. We brought you into the White House, we can take you out That's exactly right. Remember those 36 hours where you were weekend at Bernie's? Dead candidate walking. 36 hours before Super Tuesday... Thanos snap occurs and suddenly you're winning states that you never even visited. Remember that, Joe? No, you actually don't remember it. But Jill does. The rest of your clan does. That can be reverse engineered as well. You are you are watching three months ago, Gavin Newsom. I'm not running for president. Definitive answers. Three months later. Oh, man, it's a never-ending process. Uh-huh. It's something to watch them. It is. And I must admit, I'm jealous. It, I'm, I'm jealous of seeing people who actually believe in what they think. And are willing to do what it takes to make what they think what you believe too. Now, my worldview, my beliefs won't let me do some of the things that they want to do. Hell, it won't make me do a lot of things Donald Trump wants to do. But, 
you know, Jesus said the children of men are smarter than the children of light. Sometimes you have to tip your enemy the cap. The way Patton admired in a warped way, Rommel. The way these people operate. The ruthlessness that they pursue their own agenda. And this morning I wake up and, and former U.S. Senator Jim Diminish citing all these polling numbers on all these issues like immigration and the budget that the American people want Republicans to act on. And Jim tweets out, it is time for Republicans to act. <clears throat> Narrator, they're never going to act. This is the act. They've already, they've effectively nullified and disenfranchised the 2022 election. There's, there's really no purpose in having a House majority. What's it accomplished? We're heading into the fourth quarter here next week. So. Got a lot of content. Yeah. For what, conservative what, media. Yeah. What, what's it accomplished? A lot of content. That's it. Yeah. And not even the way that I thought. Like, I thought they'd at least be, like, united in investigations and stuff. It's not even that kind of content. A lot of it is Kevin McCarthy, um, you know, Court of Owls, palace intrigue content. What's he going to cave on? What's he not? Who's with him? Who's not? It's, it's not even, like, really substantive, you know, content for conservative media. What, what have they done? Nothing. There's no point to that election. Now, look at the way the other side operates. Look at Justin Trudeau. An actual Nazi gets a standing ovation. And he pivots to how we have to stop Russian disinformation and propaganda. Hunter Biden suing Rudy Giuliani over the laptop that their media told us was not real. And they got a statement from over 50 intelligence community <clears throat> experts to say that it was false. How can you sue somebody over a laptop that's not um, over an imaginary laptop? How is that possible? Well, that's every, how can you sue, sue somebody who we have a whole different version of how we have to answer these questions today than we did when you started your career, Steve. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I, lawfare I, for you. I, I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm violating the commandment against um, uh, not being jealous. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm extreme. Look at the Mayo Clinic thing. Gosh, man. So now that no one's going to get a seventh booster, now that they, now that all their profits are in the toilet and they don't need the emergency youth author, emergency use authorizations anymore. They've all made their money. They're all, they've all, they're all cashing out now. Okay. On the COVID MRNA scam. No one's getting these anymore. They're all cashing out. Now suddenly Mayo Clinic says you can use hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID. And then when it gets exposed that that's on their website, they just take it off. Gosh. I'm coveting. Just straight up, straight up admitting my sin here on the show. Absolutely coveting. That's okay, though. We've got memes and DeSanctus. We've got memes and nicknames. They're just out here ruthlessly killing people. The guy you guys want to nominate indirectly kills them. He just, he just hands them a bunch of money to kill us and then has no self-awareness or remorse about it. They will do the direct killing and, and, and show no remorse or repentance over it. Gosh, I'm, I'm just coveting at this point. I'm jealous. 
if I didn't believe in a hell, I'd just flip jerseys at this point. I'm not getting rich doing this. Certainly not winning a damn thing. The only thing that stops me from doing that is the fear of God. Otherwise, there'd be no other incentive to not do it. They're just ruthless. And we are just toothless. But we've got memes and nicknames. We've got that going for us. We got clicks going for us. Memes, nicknames. They can have like five members of the Idaho state legislature. And still we can get nothing that matters past. Damn. I'm just jealous. I think this, what you just said and laid out is amazing how it's, it's kind of the end line of how God refined the three of us in various ways on various days during the course of COVID and things like that, because we were at the, t- we were the tip of the spear on pushing back against COVID, but all three of us had various, like, and Aaron really laid this out effectively, the, the rubber band effect when common sense kicks back in. Some days it affected us more than others. Other days we were more cynical and we had that dance. But you just laid, like God was like telling us, you, I, I know you talk about total depravity on your show. God bless you. I need you for that. But I need you more than you even know. And so I, you're going to find out. And boy, did we, because here we are at the end line. There is no shame. There's no rubber band effect. None. You sure there's not a nickname or a meme that we could construct that the other side would just say, we surrender. You sure? Because that, that's literally the counter movement to all of this. The counter movement to all of this is literally memes and nicknames. No substance whatsoever. It's not winning anywhere. It's not accomplishing anything. It hasn't accomplished anything in the last three years. Nothing. They've won every major fight. And the one win we did get, the overturning of Roe, the guy that gave it to us is now running as, as, as a pro-abortion candidate and demanding that the pro-life movement abandon all of its principles, fake and otherwise, most of them have been, but abandoning even their fake principles now to have a seat at his table. That's the, that's the one win we've had the, the last few years was the overturning of Roe, and that was a momentous one, but the guy who gave that to us is now basically rebuking it and demanding that we act as if we lost. Am I wrong? No. Tell me what I just said that's not true, anybody. Anybody within the sound of my voice, tell me what I just said that's not true. Blue check mark after your, after your icon or not. You'll be, none of it, you can't. It's all true. That's why I'm jealous. I like winning. Well, I think I just can't lose my own soul in the process. It doesn't belong to me. So I'll, I'll fight them to the end and I'll push back our, on our toothless, ineffective ways of fighting them to the end. But let me just tell you, you know, this is a Roman seven moment for me. I'm, I'm going to act on the spirit in my flesh. In my flesh, I would just flip jerseys. Because this amount of losing, I just can't inhabit it. I mean, I just... I can't do it. I mean, I just, it, it's, it's anathema to me. It's an, and, and we're quoting polls from elections 17 months away at the same time we're claiming the elections are rigged and the media rigged the elections, but the polls are telling us are true. And dude, they're just out here. They're out here making money 
admitting hydroxychloroquine works, and then we pointed out, just yank it right off that exact same website. No shame at all, man. None. None. And we're now being told by a fearless leader that we have to apologize for the one win we've actually had the last few years. Tell me that anything I just said is not correct. Can't. Aaron, you have any thoughts? There is just all of the themes of the show just seemingly and in short order. It's like birth pangs. They just keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter and closer together. All of the themes on the show keep popping up. Since I, at least since I've been here and certainly since in your entire career, just keep popping up on a, on a day-to-day basis. There's nothing new under the sun. We all knew that. But again, where would we yet be struck? We're just not serious about virtually anything. It is entirely possible. I'm watching what's happening at the border. It's entirely possible that this country... We are in the final collapse, or it's already collapsed right now. Guys, 7 million illegal apprehensions or encounters in just the past three and a half years. Hey Siri, what's collapse look like? And yet, hey, we got a cool meme over here. More in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show. If you want to put your money into work in America's culture wars so that your values and your portfolio are no longer, your principles and your portfolio are no longer at odds, contact our friends over at Constitution Wealth Management. Just in the first six months of this year, uh, since they came on board at the 1st of January, uh, they have taken about $10 million of of wealth and investment capital within our audience and realigned it with their conservative pro-America values. They can do the exact same thing for you. Are you sure you know what you're investing in? More importantly, are you sure you know whom you're investing in? Uh, You're probably loaded up on big tech and everybody else who hates you. So, Is there a way for that to not be the case and not sacrifice any profit? Can you be both a profit and profitable? Constitution Wealth says yes. All right. Go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve and book an appointment today. Get your retirement investments aligned with your values. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Let's build that parallel economy together today at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Let's welcome back to the program, Missouri Attorney General. Andrew Bailey is here with us, and uh, it is a pleasure to have you with us, sir. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. So you filed, you guys already filed a landmark lawsuit, Missouri v. Biden, that just had a ruling, actually, at the Fifth Circuit uh, last week or so. I'd love to get your take on that in a few minutes. But you guys have opened up a new front of warfare with a lawsuit again here this week. Tell us about it, sir. 
Yeah, well, this is about protecting a parent's rights to know what's going on in their kids' schools and to have a say in that process. What we have is a school board in Wentzville, Missouri, that unlawfully closed the meeting in order to adopt a transgender bathroom policy with the explicit purpose of denying parental access to the decision-making process and to box out the parents' voices. And we're not going to stand for that, not on my watch. We're going to fight to ensure that the parents have a say in the process and that the open meetings law is respected in the state of Missouri. Um, why would they not want those things? Well, they knew that it was a lightning rod, and they, they uh, one of the board members even opined that it was none of the parents' darn business uh, what they were doing with uh, the transgender bathroom policy. But I would say that not only violates the uh, the plain text of the open meetings law and violates a parent's rights to have a say in the process, but look, the whole purpose behind the open meetings uh, policy or open meeting statute as it relates to uh, school board proceedings is so that we can ensure that the policies adopted by the school districts are consistent with the parents' values and that the parents understand that their children be kept kept safe. If these decisions are made behind closed doors uh, in shadowy meetings without any parental involvement, how can the parents ever be assured that the, the policies are consistent with their values or that the, the policies are ensuring the child's safety? And that's why we're fighting so hard to protect parents' rights. Andrew, what is the benign, innocent explanation for why a school board would not want to have out in the open such a discussion so that parents would be made aware of it? Well, I think that honestly, they just don't want to have to talk about it in public and they don't want to have to deal with the parents who, uh, like I believe that whatever policy is adopted needs to be consistent with the parents' values. I mean, at the end of the day, we have seen this attack from the left on parents' rights across a broad spectrum and a broad front. We saw it from the White House. We've seen it from the uh, Department of Education. We've seen it from the Department of Justice where uh, Merrick Garland asked that the Department of Justice investigate parents who speak out at school board meetings. We saw this play out a uh, flashpoint in Loudoun County, Virginia, and what we learned from that is that when parents take action and make their voices heard, real change can happen. And so that's what we're fighting for here in Missouri. We're not going to let parents be boxed out of this process. I mean, these are sensitive issues. Uh, I understand that the board doesn't want to have to talk about them, but that elected officials have to make tough decisions. And these board officials were elected to, to make those tough decisions and to have those conversations, not to undermine state statute and go into closed meeting when they know that uh, the, the express purpose is because they don't think that the parents have, should have a say in the process. You mentioned one of the school board members said, quote, it's none of the parents' damn business. Um, what indeed the schools are trying to get their kids to commit to. I mean, we're talking about life altering decisions here made by children. And you know, we've heard from the um, we've heard from the left for decades. It takes a village. These aren't your children. They're everybody's children. And, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of that kind of talk on places like MSNBC. But if this is happening at the local school board level in a state like yours, which has one of the highest percentage of church attendance of any state in the union, then this belief system is no longer just confined to northeastern co east you know coast elites or california coastal elites this is a pretty embedded belief system within the left in america pretty much everywhere now then i would imagine they, they really think well, this. too many of these coastal elites have infiltrated uh the politics in the state of missouri i mean that's part <laughs> of the problem and they get on these school boards and they want to box the parents out missourians don't co-parent with the government we're not going to let that happen here and again this is all about the the school adopting policies that are consistent with the, the parents values i mean these are issues of human sexuality and there's a very specific statute on point that governs how curriculum related to human sexuality is allowed to be taught and it has a very explicit 
parental opt-in or opt-out procedure. That's on top of the state's open meeting law that, again, requires that these decisions be made in the light of day after the parents have been consulted and have buy-in. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's it's very fair and right for the parents to be concerned about their children's safety when they don't even know who's going to the bathroom with their kids as mm -hmm. they send these kids to school and to be boxed out from the decision-making process makes it even worse. What does it say that multiple school board members had to come forward as whistleblowers? Over 40 parents have complained, and, and yet having multiple school board members issue concerns about what the school district was doing, having dozens of parents come forward to complain didn't move them at all, thus requiring this action on your part. What, what does it say, do you think, about the commitment to the ideology the other side has if you actually do get involved, if you actually do participate? You know, on this show all the time, it, uh, we're taught, we're, we're, you know, we lament the lack of parental involvement in school boards and in, in, in uh, their, parent, their, ch their child's education. And yet in this district, lots of parents spoke up multiple school, school board members spoke up and they could not be deterred. What does that say about the commitment the other side has to their, to their ideology here? It's frightening. Again, against overwhelming outcry from both the community, the parents, and board members themselves, the, the district still chose to go into closed meeting and adopt this policy that applied to a the, you know, transgender bathroom policy across the district in closed session, behind closed doors, in, in the dark of night, instead of airing the, those issues in the light of day where parents could have a say in the process. And I would point out, too, we have reason to believe that some of the, the board members who are, in fact, whistleblowers, who came forward and provided evidence uh, about the egregious illegal nature of the board's activities uh, are likely have been retaliated against. And so that's an issue we're looking to as well, into mm -hmm. as well. This is the largest number of complaints my office has received about unlawful meeting closure uh, since I've been in office. Hmm. And so again, there's an overwhelming outcry and the board still refused to do anything about it. Now they have come back and said, well, look, we'll publish the policy. You can you can take a look at it at some point. Well, that's a fait accompli. I mean, again, the decision about which policy to be adopted should have been held in open meeting where the parents can voice their concerns. And that didn't happen here. So what's the process now that your suit is filed? What happens next? Well, we'll go to court. You know, at the end of the day, we demand that the district start over. If they're going to adopt a policy like this, that, that parents, they need to have open meetings where the parents can weigh in. The The proposed policy needs to be published where uh, folks can read it and understand it. The district needs to understand what policy is in effect at the time. You know, the evidence that we have is at the most recent board meeting. No one knew who was allowed to use which restroom. Oh so again, there is ample confusion that's been injected because again, these decisions weren't made in open meeting. And so they've got to clarify that. They've got to rectify that. They've got to respond parents' rights and give them a say. And we're asking for a court sanction to prevent this from happening going forward. Do you suspect that this practice, this clandestine practice is unique to St. Louis? Or do you think this might be something that other attorneys general, such as yourself, might want to take a look at pursuing? Yeah, I have deep concerns that this is going on across the nation. It is all too convenient for the left to shroud these kinds of decisions in secrecy to avoid any kind of confrontation and to push an ideology that, again, is inconsistent with the parents' values and to disrespect parents' rights. Again, I, and I, I point to the fact that the attack on parental rights in this space has been going on for several years now and is a, a fight that is, is occurring on all fronts. It's not unique to Loudoun County, Virginia or Winsville, Missouri. This is happening in other places, and we're going to encourage parents to stand up and assert their rights. Again, parents in Missouri don't co-parent co with the government. Those are the parents' children, not the government's. Before we let you go, your read on what the Fifth Circuit had to say in the appeal on Missouri v. Biden. 
the landmark free yeah, speech I, and and uh, COVID case that uh, your state filed and that you've been fighting. Yeah, I mean, we're arguing they need to broaden the decision. First of all, it was a huge win to lay that first brick in the wall of separation between tech and state to protect our First Amendment rights from government censorship at the White House's demand. Uh, that brick was laid on the 4th of July when we obtained a district court preliminary injunction nationwide. Uh, it was attacked by the Department of Justice. We de successfully defended it at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. We've asked the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals to go back and relook something because the decisions to include certain plaintiffs uh, apply to other plaintiffs as well, like the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Structure Security Administration. We just feel like it needs to be broadened slightly. But again, that first brick in the wall of separation between tech and state is going to go into place to protect our right to free speech, especially as we move into an election cycle next year. Looking at the opinion, and you're the attorney, so I'm going to defer to you. But but my simplistic bottom line layman explanation of what the Fifth Circuit ruled, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that if a, if a member of government acts to purposefully try to restrict your speech, that's an actionable offense. Like you could literally sue them. You could go at, after them as some form of a plaintiff for that action. But clear, yeah, clear violation of the First Amendment right to free speech when the government is using a third party to censor voices. It was truthful speech they targeted. It was exclusively conservative speech they mm -hmm. targeted. And so, again, this is viewpoint discrimination. President Biden wants to use big tech to silence any voice in opposition. It's downright Orwellian, and we're not going to let Joe Biden destroy free speech in America. But it did seem to draw a distinction. Like, so if Anthony Fauci goes on, goes on there and says someone should be censored, or Adam Schiff goes on MSNBC and says somebody should be censored for what they say said about Russian collusion or someone should be censored for what they said about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or or vaccines, but they don't actually make an affirmative action to make such a thing occur as a member of government, then the court just seemed to kind of view that as political grandstanding political speech. Is that an is that an accurate distinction that the court seemed to draw in this case? It is, and it's well-settled First Amendment jurisprudence. But I would also point out that in this lawsuit, what we've uncovered in the relationship of coercion and collusion is not only explicit threats made by federal officials, but also implicit threats. And certainly the court relied on those as well. There was always an unspoken or right. else from the White House and from the Department of Justice. Using right, if you're Mark Zuckerberg and Anthony Fauci is your friend, pardon me, Anthony Fauci is yeah. your buddy, you're doing Facebook Lives with him, and he's on TV saying, that should be censored, that should be censored. Are you going to wait for him to call you before you probably just go and censor because Anthony Fauci she clearly implied that should be censored. Yeah. That's the argument you're making, right? But also they did call, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they did that both, too. Right. True. <laughs> right. Great stuff, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All the best to you. You bet. Same to you. All right. Thoughts on that conversation. Uh, I'm inspired. I like the fact that that guy clearly views part of his job description as if somebody taunts you and says, you want to fight? Said, okay, let's dance. I would add one thing and I, I hope that other than just the do-over, we need to redo that policy in Wentzville and make it very public, but there need to be consequences. The administrators can't not know what they were trying to get away with. This was not an accident. To your point, Steve, this happens all the time nationwide. Administrators need to be fired. Board members need to be kicked off and a re-election happen. That is the only way. Just redoing this in public isn't enough anymore. They, the process is the punishment. They do this all the time. No more. They are the ones who must be punished. In Missouri v. Biden, was that a strongly worded letter to the Biden administration? No, it was action. It was a lawsuit. In this one, is it a strongly worded letter to the Wentzville uh, School District uh, School Board? 
no, they, they filed a lawsuit. Bites. Okay, whether it's this guy or Ryan Walters in Oklahoma, the yep. state school superintendent, or whether it's the guy in Florida, they are marked and they are getting attention because they're taking action, not writing strongly worded letters. This needs to be happening at a much granular, and credit to the Winsville parents who made a ruckus about this. They're maybe the biggest stars of this story, maybe mm -hmm. should be, but this has mm -hmm. to happen at a much granular level and widespread. There's no reason why any red state attorney general could not be doing the same damn thing. Why is yours not? Well, keep in mind, this is only happening because even in blue St. Louis, a few people got on the school board that were not happy, and enough parents complained that it, it drew the attention of his office and led to the action that we are saying. Great, but enough. We've talked about this on the show before, yeah. where I was alone with one other person. It doesn't take 50%, 40 people in a, what I think yeah. is a, that is a large Northwestern, uh, I drive through it all the time. Mm -hmm. that, it doesn't take everyone, but more than one. 40 people did this. Yeah. Nice biblical symbolism there, by the way. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, that's the thing going back to the conversation we just had in the last segment. We don't actually have to have a majority of people. We just, and in fact, we never have. I mean, it's 56 men. 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence. 110 people are, you know, stashed in, the, in an upper room hiding from the, the religious council and the most powerful empire the world had seen at that point in human history. And... They ended up spawning a movement that within a few centuries would conquer that empire. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been, it's the Samuel Adams axiom that it's always been the tireless minority committed to change, committed to action that has made things happen. And so, you know, we know, I mean, we're busy. We, we know a lot of you are busy, but there's, there's gotta be three or three to five dads that could go to every single, if you, if you go, if you organized, there's got to be three to five dads that could go to every one of your kids' school board meetings and you just mm -hmm. rotate. Yeah. It, it's your turn. And if you can't make it, somebody subs in because it's just that important. And the fact that there were enough, and what's enough? I mean, I don't know. St. Louis is a huge city. Okay. <laughs> so what's enough? You know, well, in this case, in a huge city, apparently 42 parents and three school board members was enough. You know? What about in your town where you live? Maybe it's one school board member and 10 parents might be enough. I, you know, it, it, I don't think this requires some like D-Day level of land invasion from a culture war yeah. standpoint. It just doesn't. And it's not realistic. We all have lives and we're busy and we have concerns and everything else. I mean, I, I understand there's a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't think every single Christian or conservative ought to leave you know California to go vote somewhere else but imagine if like 10% of them did it would change everything it doesn't take much it just takes more than we're doing right now which is frankly no, almost not nothing. much yeah that's it just takes more than we're doing right now alright we'll come back hour two we'll be joined by my oldest daughter and a positive cultural trend this year that I want to discuss for Pop Culture Tuesday we'll do that here in a moment
All right, back here with Hour 2 on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Just email us, Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me. Uh, over on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there. If you're one of the many that listens to this podcast every day, thank you so much. Please remember, hit uh, subscribe, or if you're on iTunes, follow to make sure that every new episode we do each day shows up each day in your feed. But then also, if you like the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review. And thank you so much to all of you that have already done one or both of those things. Thank you very much. This portion of the show brought to you by Raycons Everyday Earbuds. They look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips and a range of sizes for the the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable. And they will not budge. They give you up to eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Just some of the reasons why Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 78,000 five-star reviews. These are the best at noise isolation earbuds I've ever bought. And now that I've only got about half the hearing in one of my ears, that's more important than ever before. All right. They're priced just right. So you get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. So remember... Raycon and get 20% off site wide today if you go to buyraycon.com, R A Y C O N, as in never. Buyraycon.com slash Steve, get 20% off site wide plus free shipping today at buyraycon.com slash Steve. All right, coming up later in this segment, Pop Culture Tuesday, I'm going to delve into something we have not had an opportunity to do a lot of in recent times a positive. A, a positive cultural trend, and it's one that I think the culture is in desperate need of at just the moment that we seem capable of providing it. So I'm going to get into that, and then we will be joined at the bottom of the hour by a best-selling author on the topic of vaccines, which have become an increasingly raging debate after what has gone on the last few years with the genetic serums, otherwise known as the COVID mRNA shots. But before we get to all of that, we welcome back in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dad? I am doing very, very well. All right. A little nervous because we're going to play Would You Rather. Yes. And you have my DNA. And so I am anticipating uh, we're going to be put in some uncomfortable positions. Well, these here. were audience submitted ones. Then I'm even more nervous. <laughs> Okay, because I. So this isn't me. The, the, yeah, she's, <laughs> this is her deflecting. So when they're really bad and you guys feel like you have no choice, it wasn't me who did this. The audience did. I just, I just selected them, but the audience are the ones who came up with the submissions. Correct. Yes. Okay. Aren't you guys ready? Sure. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, my first question, or I should say, the audience's first question, is: Would you rather get to the bottom of Ukraine with Lindsey Graham or East Palestine with Pete B? So, is this go on a trip? Is that what? It, is this what? Yes, we were supposed to. Yes, I'm. I'm sure that's what I mean. Guys, I got I, I to know. I, need, I don't want to be cornered in, to go on a trip. He's looking, he, he's looking for any out he can possibly muster. I got up this morning. One of the first tweets I saw, by the way, was a trending tweet complaining about the deficit and inflation. And I'm reading this guy's stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is really smart. 
And then I just scroll up and look at his bio because I'd never heard of him before. Ukraine flag in his bio, guys. Sure. I mean, they're just... There is absolutely no self-awareness in this culture at all. Like, none. I'm concerned about inflation and deficit spending with a Ukraine flag in my bio. Anyway, I'm going to go with getting to the bottom of Ukraine with Lindsey Graham. Because... Here's why you guys each have to come up with your own answers now. All right. Here's here's why I made this decision. I would rather do it with Lindsay. No. I'm going to clip that. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm oh. 100% no. going to clip that. No, you're not. And I'm going to send it to Aaron. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I am. I'm going to clip that. That's the sound bite of as the day. As soon as I said it out loud, I thought, should I just keep talking and maybe everybody missed it? <laughs> we did it. And I knew I'm like, they didn't miss it. Off, they, did, off. they didn't miss it. I know they didn't miss it. <laughs> we were ready to pounce the yes, minute you yeah, said I that. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. I, I'll take my chances with Lindsay because I think the the question of what it means to get to the bottom of it with Lindsay has maybe 10 to 20% ambiguity. And I feel like there's zero where Rear, Rear Admiral Pete is concerned. Like, I think that's clearly defined. And so there's at least enough ambiguity there where Lindsay's concerned that I have a shot. I'm, so I'm going with Lindsay. I just, I'm, I'm the same, but I gots to know. You know, I, the Ukraine is the reverse Wakanda. I gots to know what the dark magic is. Yes. It's a hellmouth. I, I really think it's a hellmouth. And I, I, it needs to be opened up one way or the other. I'm going with Lindsay uh, in Ukraine as well, because I think he'd be distracted by the Eastern European types and would maybe leave me alone. And I, I'm with Todd. I gots to know. Okay. Number two. Okay, second one. Would you rather have four more years of Biden followed by eight of DeSantis or four years of Trump than eight of Gavin Newsom? Oh, what? thought this was a pretty simple one, but I was also kind of like... <laughs> Todd's going, you can't shoot a pregnant woman. Is it, is it any DACE member of the family? <laughs> These were audience questions. Oh, no. no. I've got a granddaughter on the way. And I have you and a son-in-law who, um, if you went out to try to buy a home right now, would, it would cost you 136% more than it would have three years ago. Yeah, there's this trend on TikTok right now. It's like people pretending to like go look at the homes they can afford. And one of them's like a porta potty in the woods and stuff. Like you can't afford I, anything. It's I, so I mean, legit. It's, it's, it, a hamburger at a restaurant without any sides is $16 on average in America. You guys just went out to upgrade your vehicle. So you make a good living as a middle-aged guy. You know exactly what I'm talking about, oh, Todd. House, cars, the whole thing. Buying right existing homes. Yeah. Let me make it personal to you. You and your husband just went out to upgrade your vehicle to something that's more family-oriented mm -hmm. and roomier with a child on the way, right? This is the most expensive used car market when you look at interest rates and you look at the inflation and the cost of living and, and the, the stagnant wage growth. This is the most expensive used car market in American history. I can't stand most days to listen to Donald Trump talk 10 freaking seconds. He annoys and grates the hell out of me. 
and he's really annoying the hell out of me right now. These people are demons. They're making everything about the American life. Yes, they're making everything about American life harder. Everything, everything is it's on purpose. And and we just can't sustain this. And I I will I will tolerate ways to uh, to ignore Trump if. I don't think he can win, but damn it, if he wins this nomination, he damn well better win. And I will figure out ways to act as if he does not exist, if he's president again, and just ignore all of it and the grading and everything else, because we can't afford this. Now, I, I mean, I, I don't think he'll offer anything based on what he is saying right now on the life issue. I don't think he'll offer any moral leadership whatsoever at all. I don't. And in, in, and in other cycles, I might, have, I might have said, that is enough for me to just completely sit out. It's not worth it to me. But, but now we're dealing with people that want to make it difficult to even live in America, to have a basic American life. Can I send my kids to a school and not have uh, the interview we just did? Can I send my kids to a school and not wonder if they're violating open meetings laws to have my daughter raped by a boy in the girl's bathroom at the school? These people all have to go. They all have to lose. And I, I, I don't even want to contemplate just seeing the world through your eyes. I don't want to contemplate. So four more years of these people would be about the age you'd be considering what to do with Autumn's education. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to contemplate giving these people a four-year running start on my granddaughter. And I say that as someone who I'm just beyond nauseated to tired to disgusted by by trump at this particular point in time but I, I, these these are demons so no I, i'm i'm not going to make that kind of a gamble no i'm not i will i will have a different answer i will say the former not because i disagree with your logic you focused on it in a different way i'm saying based on the options we have trump followed by eight years of uh, what's his name? Uh, Gavin Newsom means that to me that the Trump thing went badly yet again. Eight years of DeSantis after four more years of Biden seems like where would you yet be struck? We may have finally got an answer that we're tired of this. And you've got eight years of that, that mm-hmm. we are ready to return to something far better. So I'm going with the former. So this is an interesting thought experiment because... This is not obviously the way the world operates, right. but I think, you know, I, I think the argument that Steve made, it is valid and it's understandable. And I have some of the same concerns as well, but there is a threat in that that is kind of the same argument we've been using. And again, this is not real life. It's a thought experiment. Um, and that's gotten us into this. We got to vote GOP to save America. Well, that's not the argument you're making, but it's basically a Hail Mary attempt mm-hmm. to stop the evil from spreading. And so if if it were real life that we literally just had the choice of four more years of Biden and then eight years of DeSantis after that versus the alternative, I'm going with, hey, what is going to be best in 12 years instead of four years? But again, this isn't the way the world operates. You have to go with what's right before you. And I would be along with Steve as well. If Trump wins the nomination, I'm going to vote for him. Um, Swallow my bile, especially for uh, some of his uh, sycophants out there. But 
2024, this is all just a, a way of saying basically, 2024, don't get a mulligan. You got to win in 2024, regardless of who you put out. But I'm going with uh, four more years of Biden versus eight years of um, Newsom. Okay, number three. You want to do two more or three more? I don't want to take up too much of that. No, you're good. Okay. Would, so if only one person could hear the gospel and be saved, would you rather it be Obama or Hillary? Obama. He's actually wielding power yeah. in America. Hillary That's is right not. Answer. Obama is wielding power. He is the most instrumental political figure so far of this century. Um, he changed the entirety of the political paradigm. He is the left's Reagan in that Reagan changed the entirety of the political paradigm in the latter third or 20% of the 20th century. Obama changed the entirety of the political paradigm in the 21st century. You have never, you didn't live with the Democratic Party we grew up with. They don't care about polls anymore. They don't care about voter backlash. It's just hard left all the time, no matter what, cannot be reasoned with, can't be talked down. Um, I mean, he's the vanguard of all of that. And I'd much rather reach him, for sure. That's exactly the right answer. I, I don't know. I, I think you could go with Hillary. I think that she's still idolized by even my age suburban women, which is basically an impenetrable brick wall right now in, in terms of uh, politics and worldview. And so I think you can make an argument that Hillary, placing her, her faith in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, that could have some impact as well in a very important group. I don't, I don't, not trying to discount your answers, no, but. No, no, I mean, you're right. I think Todd and I made it sound like there was no case for Hillary at all. So it was good for you to chime in there too. You bet. Okay. Would you rather feed Joe Biden ice cream or do dinner and a movie with John Fetterman? Dinner and a movie, oh, oh, dinner dinner a movie with John Fetterman. Fetterman. Yes, for sure. See, let me tell you why my answer would be Joe Biden and the ice cream. Because I don't want to sit there and have to explain to John Fetterman the whole entire movie for two hours. I don't <laughs> want to sit there and explain everything on the menu to him as well and then over-explain myself. That's why I'd go with the ice cream. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the greatest laugh track yeah. closed captioning program oh, since Ozzy Osbourne had Just a reality show. listening to John Fetterman's running commentary on oh, yes. And jag off? Go. Yes. Hump another 95, leg. 95, hump, yeah, 95. Hump another leg. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay, and then my last question is more geared for you, Dad. Okay. So this might be a hard one for you, so you might need to take a deep breath. Would you rather give up pumpkin spice forever, <laughs> like forever and ever, or... Todd and Aaron. It's been great. The it's been great having you here no, this week. There it is. <laughs> it's been great having you here this week. Good questions. Really enjoyed it. Are you not going to answer? <laughs> just say, just say us. It would be. I'm, I'm going to be as uncomfortable as I was a few weeks ago with when we had to say one nice thing about each other. Just throw us overboard. You know what? I mean, you're not I like would, killing I would, them. I would, I would, I'd give up the pumpkin spice. Okay. Stop. I, because I've, I've sampled virtually everything pumpkin spice that could be any good. And now we're just, you know, we're just doing Live, repeats. Reliving the greatest hits, right? And you can never yes. replace these two. And these guys are far more irreplaceable. Yes. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. 
See, isn't it nice when we end it on a really sweet note? It is. No. It is. And then you guys can go back to like yelling and screaming and stuff. And we'll probably do that right after you walk away. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Princess. You're welcome. All right. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. You know, everybody struggles with chronic pain from time to time. If that's you, it's probably from too much inflammation in the body. And what you're looking for is the drug-free anti-inflammatory called Relief Factor. Now, hey, this was created by physicians. They prescribe drugs. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can do it without drugs, because even the best of drugs can cause you know, trade-offs within your physiology. They can end up taxing other organs and other systems in your body. And, and so if there is a way to do it naturally, and sometimes there's not, right? But if there is a way to do it naturally, then take full advantage of it. And we think Relief Factor is that way. If you're dealing with too much uh, soreness, achiness, stiffness in your joints, the pain that just won't go away, about 70% odds Relief Factor is what you're looking for. Where do we get that number? Well, about 70% of the people that try the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks end up sticking around long-term because of the results they see in three weeks or less. So put them to the test for 20 bucks. Would you take 70% odds that this is the solution you have been searching and looking for? Take the bet. ReliefFactor.com. Put them to the test there at ReliefFactor.com. Or you can call them at 800, the number 4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, or ReliefFactor.com. All right, for Pop Culture Tuesday. Now I've got all kinds of people emailing me about Pumpkin Spice Special K, how great that stuff is. It is. That stuff is phenomenal. It is. But it doesn't beat your acerbic wit, Erzin. So I choose you over the Pumpkin Spice Special K. <laughs> it's almost... I guess I'll go with the coattails for now, but man, you're making it actually challenging. <laughs> A little cringy. Where's the Holtz? <laughs> yeah, speaking of, wow. I, I got to give you, like, that actually, uh, if anybody ever comes back on Steve, oh, you're just Michigan. No. Take it. Come on, dude. Cringy. Has nothing that to was, do with that Michigan, was, Ohio State. The guy is like, somebody needs to do an intervention. And and the California guy is is gone. Ohio versus the world. I mean that that was I mean if 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 NBC had not cut away he would have gotten to Fredo's I'm smart I can do things All right anyway that's not what we came to talk about um, but you'd like to Yeah but I would and I just did <laughs> Yes Um there has been woe and lamentation on this show and in a lot of the conservative and Christian community about the quality of content we produce when it comes to, to films, you know, the cheese factor, right? The cringe factor. Mm-hmm. And in, and in recent years, this has really improved. It really has. But this is the year that I think we, we took the final step. And I guess I'll say me, cause I helped make a movie and raised millions of dollars to make one, you know, nefarious, so I guess I'll, is it okay to say we in that situation? Since sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I took part in some of this, albeit a small part. I think this is the year that we as an industry grew up, took the final step. And this culture right now has, has a myriad of problems. But at the core of its problems are a rejection of truth, 
and a limited way in which it will allow you to communicate truth to it. Everything else comes from those two issues. Even the spiritual ones, the philosophical ones, the political ones, all come from these two things. A rejection of truth and an increasingly an increasing unwillingness to let you tell truth to it. Because we can't we can't get we can't get to where we need to be in any of those other sectors without truth. Jesus looks at Pontius Pilate and says, For this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Jesus looks at his fellow Jews and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says the truth will set you free. And we're in a we're in an, an epistemological nuclear winner. What is true? How do we know what we know is true? And we are increasingly devolving into competing narratives. I believe there's one place left in America where people permit you to try to openly persuade them, front, even frontally, and, and meaning where you can add people to your ranks. You're, you're just not trying. The question you asked me yesterday about how, you lose, how Newsom or DeSantis loses the debate, mm-hmm. as long as they're both competent with their own competing visions, they cannot lose. Because as a contrast to one another, Newsom will look great to his base and DeSantis will look great to his because they're, they're truly contrasting each other's visions. You see what I'm saying? It's not a debate of ideas. It's a debate of performance. Correct. And so since there's not very many people in either one of those camps that's changing their minds, you're, you're going to say yes and affirm the person who's championing your narrative, regardless of which narrative it is. There's, there is no statement. There, there is no stat of people who have deserted California to go to Florida that Ron DeSantis could point out that would make Gavin Newsom stand up and say, you know what? You're right. I hadn't considered. Then that's never happening. It's just never happening. That's going to be a dueling, D-U-E-L, a dueling battle of narratives. And so as long as you can competently express your narrative up against the other side's narrative that your side doesn't want to be a part of, you're a winner to your side. One place where we can still add people to the ranks is in storytelling. And maybe the, it, maybe I think it is the final place. And if you look at the films that we have released this year in faith-based filmmaking, in Jesus Revolution, the biggest hit, well, no, Sound of Freedom is now, but in Jesus Revolution, a massive hit. You watch Greg Laurie, one of the most prominent teachers in evangelicalism in the in the last 40 years you watch his testimony including you watch him drop acid they would have never put that in a christian movie five or ten years ago never in a million years after jesus revolution came our movie nefarious a brutally honest portrait of evil and what it does both on an individual, on a systemic, and a societal level. Wouldn't have done that in a Christian movie five or ten years ago. That would have been considered too dark. We want family camp. After us came Sound of Freedom, which 
is essentially the PG-13 version of 8mm, if you remember that movie with Nicolas Cage back in the day, where he delved into the world of snuff films to try to find his daughter, I think it was. And Joaquin Phoenix gives him the famous line, when you dance with the devil, the devil don't change. He changes you. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. That's basically what Sound of Freedom is. It's, it's basically the PG-13 version of 8mm, where you watch Tim Ballard, played by James Caviezel, descend into a hellmouth, And you watch these other investigators do the same to try to rescue these children from the clutches of the devil, man. Some of the most vile people on a vile planet. And now we have The Blind. Now this comes out this Friday in theaters nationwide. This is the autobiography of Phil Robertson, his Christian testimony. First of all, I'm going to tell you, this movie is going to set the record for most smoking in a Christian movie ever. There's a ton. The most drinking in a Christian movie ever. There's a ton. This movie does not attempt to paper over whom Phil Robertson was before he met the Lord whatsoever. He was a drunk. He was abusive. And he was a degenerate. By his own admission, that's, that's what the family signed off on portraying. You watch a brutal marriage separation. You watch a father abandon his kids. It's brutal. But it's the truth. And so in each of these films, when you see Greg Laurie now at the end of Jesus Revolution step into becoming the ministerial leader that he will become known as for decades, at the end, it's not cheesy now. It's not, okay. It's real. Because you saw just a glimpse of who he really was. At the end of our movie, we avoid that completely. You can see that James is impacted by his encounter with this demon, but he still is not fully sure which side of the divide he is on. And he is given one last reminder at the end. There are no neutral camps here, brother. Choose a side. In Sound of Freedom, you see someone and what it does to them to try to relate to these predators and to adopt their customs and languages to get to know them, to get them to trust you. And in The Blind, you'll see this weekend a completely different Phil Robertson than the one you have known for the last couple of decades. And these are the exact kinds of stories we have to tell. They are grittier. They're darker. They're more mature. They're more relatable. They're more accessible. They're more understandable. And they therefore make the light more desirable. At the end of Nefarious, you crave the light. At the end of The Blind and Jesus' Revolution, when you see the next chapters of the stories of Greg Laurie and Phil Robertson, now you don't see the light as cringy, but you desire it. 
that they're real. And man, this culture, you know what it needs from us, Warner, than any right now? It doesn't need any more sweater vests. It doesn't need any more pleated khakis, man. It needs real. Because it's in real freaking trouble. The kind of stuff that, you know, last chapters of history books are written about is where we are right now. It needs real help. And it's, it's only going to accept that if we're real. And here's the thing I love about each of these movies. It, they, they all did it without any F-bombs. They all did it without any gratuitous nudity. nudity. They all did it without any crudity or profane, or, or profane lurid um, so, content or dialogue. And yet they all look and sound real. And, and like a lot of the other entertainment and other, and other venues that we consume. And so I think it's perfect timing. Just when this culture is most in need of this kind of message from us, it seems like we are now most prepared to provide it. And I think this has been the most positive cultural trend of this year. When we do the Dace group at the end of the year, it'll be featured prominently in a couple of my answers for sure in our year-end edition. This, this, is, this is one area. As, as disappointed as I am, talking where we are and how we're combat competing politically last hour to the point that I'm just jealous of our enemies at this point. I feel the exact opposite when it comes to storytelling. That in this arena, we're getting it. We're actually being effective now, which is going to make, by the way, achieving distribution even harder because the enemy is going to be far less willing to give us access to his platforms because we're getting better at it. But that's a topic in a battle for another day. Well, remember, we brought Jace Medical on board the show last year with the Jace case because they were concerned when they saw what happened to Nobel Prize winning drugs like ivermectin, venerable, long FDA approved drugs like hydroxychloroquine. These were drugs that had been given to hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if not millions and millions of people across the globe for decades. And now suddenly they're deemed dangerous just when maybe perhaps who knows they, they could have been the most useful ever against a quote-unquote novel coronavirus so they came up with the jace uh, case to make sure that there isn't you know whether it's doxycycline or amoxicillin other drugs now that are venerable and have proven to work over time that would suddenly be determined to be dangerous and you couldn't have those either uh, now they want to make sure though that they won't do that to your existing meds they want to make sure you've got a backup of your existing medications and you can get that now whether we're talking about diabetes heart health blood pressure mental health, and more, all right, with jacemedical.com. Get that peace of mind to know that you've got a 12-month backup supply, so you can't get Let's Go Brandon out of the meds that you need right when you need them the most at jacemedical.com is where you want to go. J as in jump at this right now. jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. jacemedical.com. Code DACE at checkout for the discount at jacemedical.com. His name is Brian Hooker. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal uh, best-selling author. Vax, Unvax, Let the Science Speak is the name of the book. And he co-authors it with, with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And we welcome Brian to the show here today. Uh, Brian, it's a pleasure to have you with us on Blaze Media. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you. So, Brian, I got to tell you up front, um, I, there's no way I would have envisioned in 2009, as recently as 2019, I'd even entertain this conversation. 
Um, I didn't know what a, I didn't know what Adele Bigtree was, and the only thing right. I knew about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is he was a Democrat legacy environmental lawyer. Um, then, lo and behold, we get this new technology called mRNA, and it ends up um, being a complete and total scam. And that's when it's not destroying your immune system uh, and making you uh, guilty of antibody-dependent enhancement. Um, and it's not leaking uh, all throughout your immune system. And I'm telling you all things that you already know. But in the midst now of writing not one but two best-selling books about the scam of the last few years, my co-author Daniel Horowitz on the second book, as we were putting the finishing touches on that book, he said something to me that just chilled me. And we, the last thing we completed in Rise of the Fourth Reich was the section on the COVID vaccines. And, and as we were putting the finishing touches on that chapter, Brian, Daniel said to me, he goes, you know, Steve, this probably isn't the first time they've done something like this. And I didn't even want to contemplate the fullness of what that meant. And you being here today is, is, is me actually contemplating the fullness of that. So I, I would imagine this is a backstory maybe you've heard quite a bit after the last few years. Absolutely. You know, the uh, the government officials in the pharmaceutical complex have really overplayed their hand with the COVID-19 vaccine and really displayed just the inadequacies and the grand medical experiment that uh, uh, FDA approval of vaccines has been for many, many years. And, you know, it's not just the COVID-19 vaccine, although, you know, the, the problems with the COVID-19 vaccine are myriad. And, you know, it's like it's, it's like all of all of the issues and all the flaws of the vaccination program of the vaccine approval program on steroids have been played out before, you know, the public and the populace of the United States. For example, um, there's an there's an article out over the weekend from Science Advances, quote, unexpected vaginal bleeding and COVID-19 vaccination in non menstruating women. I believe this alleging this is what Naomi Wolf was originally banned from Twitter for saying back in 2021. Was it not, Brian, or something similar to this? It, 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 that is correct. Um, unfortunately, you know that's that's something that I have been hearing anecdotal reports and um, have looked at uh, the the phenomenon of uh, something even worse called decidual cash shedding associated with uh, the COVID nineteen shot. That's where the entire uterine lining just sheds, uh, and we've seen that phenomenon jump, you know, exponentially. This was this was something that was unheard of in in terms of uh, in, in terms of gynecology and but yet as soon as the COVID-19 vaccine rolled out and we published about this in 2021 um, then uh, this this whole phenomenon and and you know just the just sort of the litany of gynecological problems started as soon as the vaccine rolled out so this audience Brian is going to be well versed on the COVID vaccine and the processes of, of, of bringing it to market, 
the performance, the, the weakness of the performance of companies like Moderna prior to bringing this product to market. This audience is going to be one of the smartest outside of people you guys talk to at Children's Health Defense Fund and Adele Bigtree talks to daily is going to be one of the most smart, one of the smartest on that you're going to find. So I, I want to go beyond COVID. Right. How would you answer the, the challenge? Okay, you're right. This was a complete and colossal screw-up of epic proportions. Everybody got caught with their knickers down uh, with this novel virus, and the world was in a panic and acted hastily and did things they have never done before in previous vaccines or previous medical initiatives that were on the cutting edge of technology. And, and we just need a mulligan here because it was atypical of how this process from government oversight to business tech development, um, to messaging and marketing, it was an it was an it was an outlier compared to the trustworthy process that we have seen uh, make for the betterment of human society for the last few decades. How would you respond to that? Absolutely not. Vaccines have gotten a pass from the FDA for many, many years, and vaccine manufacturers have a liability shield that was erected in 1986 through the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. So if if a child or an adult is injured by vaccines, they do not have recourse in terms of suing the pharmaceutical or the vaccine manufacturers. And so the vaccine schedule is bloated. The FDA does not require vaccines to be tested against a true saline placebo um, and so the really the only saline placebo tests oddly enough were with the COVID-19 vaccine but even there they gave the control group the vaccine four months within the clinical trial so they destroyed you know their experimental results by just completely destroying the control group and so these problems these you know rushing vaccines to market uh, overlooking uh, massive vaccine adverse events have been going on you know, I've been studying this, Steve, for the past 20 years, and it's been going on ad infinitum since uh, the the passage of that 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. It has not been just the COVID-19 vaccine. It's not been just the rush to get the COVID-19 vaccine out. Uh, but, you know, there, there has, has been uh, such a conflict of interest and when you look at the cdc and the fda you're looking at fully captured industries or uh, uh entities that have been captured by the pharmaceutical industry you look at the fda you know even prior to the COVID 19 vaccine 45 percent of all revenues from the fda came directly from pharmaceutical manufacturers and if that's not a captured agency i don't know what is hmm. What about the way the COVID vaccine was tested compared to testing methodologies of other vaccines of more venerable technology like the old inert viral technology that we've used for decades? Was that different or are you going to tell us that this is the same kind of, um, uh, you know, wink and a smile um, uh, you know, kind of techniques of testing. They've been doing this for decades. This is actually not different. It is not different. In fact, in some of the childhood vaccines, like the hepatitis B vaccine, the clinical trials for safety lasted a mere four or five days 
after the vaccine was given. So if a child had a vaccine adverse event at six days, it was not counted in the clinical trial. A, a, a child could, you know, fall over dead on day six or day seven, but that was not accounted for in the clinical trial. And we know from studying vaccines and vaccine adverse events, they don't all happen within the first three days. Some adverse events will take days, even months to be able to ramify and and so you know these these clinical trials have been short circuited in order to really move the goalposts so they look safer than they really are they look more effective than they really are and uh you know it's been it, it's it's been standard operating procedure for many many years it's just that the dirty underbelly of the vaccination program and of vaccine testing vaccine approval has been exposed with the COVID 19 vaccination that last part there so basically you're saying COVID, the COVID vaccine process was not an outlier. It was a harvest is what you're saying that this they've been this process has been seed planted for many, many years and they were fully ready to fully weaponize it because they were already doing business this way. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not I'm not disputing the fact that the COVID vaccine has been one of the worst of the worst pharmaceuticals that's ever been introduced in society, period. I'm not discounting that fact. You know, it is if you look at all of the uh, reporting systems, uh, the CDC's vaccine adverse events reporting system, it has literally exploded, you know, with with uh, cardiac indications, with death, with fertility problems. Uh, and you look at the COVID-19 vaccine and the amount of adverse events associated with that, that far eclipses the entire rest of the history of that reporting system and all other vaccines put together. And so COVID, you know, really was, it, like I said before, it was the vaccination program at its worst, really on steroids. Um, and you, you saw these flaws that they were trying to rush to, you know, vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. That was uh, Mr. Fauci's way out of this pandemic. Um, and, you know, the the rush to get this product to market has created, an, a, you know, a completely abysmal product. But, you know, it's been going on for years, Steve. How much would things be different, Brian, if we just stopped being one of the few industrialized nations that allow pharmaceutical advertising over the airwaves and we no longer had either the 86 indemnity or the double indemnity that Trump gave these manufacturers being via Operation Warp Speed. If we just took those two things away, so the government is now not going to relentlessly promote their business for them over the airwaves, and they're going to be held to the same standard every other corporation is on a legal front uh, if they wrong people, how much different would things become almost overnight with just those two things? I think that would be a giant step in the right direction. Uh, you know, with with no liability protection, then vaccine manufacturers would have to do they would have to go back and they would do retrospective safety studies in order to protect themselves in court. And so I think that a lot of the vaccines that had been approved by the FDA, now those approvals because of post-market surveillance would be rescinded. 
the other thing that would happen is that the the pipeline for vaccines, you know, prenatal vaccines are really the new frontier. They've they've already approved now the RSV vaccine for pregnant women, and that you know. Uh, it, that is on top of the COVID-19 vaccine, the Tdap vaccine, and the annual flu shot, all given for pregnant women. And I think that that sort of that marketing pipeline uh, would decrease considerably, and you know, less vaccines would be added to an already bloated vaccination schedule. So yeah, I think that that would be, like I said, a giant step in the right direction. All right, I've got about two minutes here. Instead of a question, I want you to tell our audience what you think they need to know that I didn't ask you about. Well, if you look at the entire vaccination schedule, and one of the things that we tried to preserve in this book was the unvaccinated control group. You know, the unvaccinated control group has been understudied, uh, and the federal officials do not want to study unvaccinated children. And one of the things that stood out was when you look looked at fully vaccinated children versus fully unvaccinated children, the problems, the chronic health issues jumped out and were many, many times higher in those children who were following the CDC recommended vaccination schedule. You know, look at, look at autism, five times higher in the vaccinated group, ear infections, in some instances, 27 times higher incidence of ear infections in the vaccinated group, ADD, ADHD, 20 times higher in the vaccinated group, mm -hmm. gastrointestinal disorders and developmental delays, at least twice as high in the vaccinated group compared to the unvaccinated group. So, you know, I think it's high time that we we look at the unvaccinated and the government actually do these studies, you know, uh, if, if you know, that they've been avoiding and that they've been disparaging for such a long time. Uh, this unvaccinated control group uh, in the midst of all of the chronic illnesses that we face in the United States, I think it needs to be studied further. And I hope that, that this book actually inspires further study uh, of, this, of this resource. The name of that book, Vax Unvax, Let the Science Speak, from New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, Brian Hooker co-wrote this with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Brian, thank you very much. This is a topic that probably needs a lot longer than we had in this segment, but certainly it, it appreciated it uh, from an exploratory standpoint. Nevertheless, brother, thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. It was my pleasure. You bet. We'll have you back sometime. All right. Thoughts on that conversation, gentlemen, and the show in general in the final minute we have? Well... I, th I think it goes without saying that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Go out and read this book. I mean, do you even know that 90 plus percent of the people who got uh, the polio virus back when polio was raging just had symptoms of the common cold? Do you know that they waited to vaccinate? Uh, uh, they didn't vaccinate for polio into the teeth of the virus. They waited until natural immunity was already bringing it down itself. And then he, they rode those coattails. What he's talking about, the scam goes way back in a multitude of ways. So you stick your newborns and your infants with a bunch of these formulations and you're told you have to or else they're going to die or you can't get into school. Um, the FDA does not care about food nor drugs and is funded by the very companies that they regulate. Other than that, everybody here has got a wonderful singing voice. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. That'll preach. John 317.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.